0: The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. So when I was a kid, you know somebody's old when they start a story out like that. But when I was a kid... On Saturday night, this would have been back in the 60s and early 70s, sometimes I would often be at my cousin's house, and towards after we were done playing, um, we'd come in and uh, we'd watch TV, and there was always a discussion about what we were going to watch. Was it going to be creature feature on Saturday night, or was it going to be wrestling? And... uh, Usually it was some of both, usually it was some of both. And uh, actually, I, I just said wrestling, but it was actually pronounced wrestling. <laughs> you didn't wrestle, you wrestled. So we would watch these guys like uh, Vern Gagne, maybe somebody here is willing to admit they, they watched wrestling too, Vern Gagne, uh, Ivan Putsky. And they always had a, a name attached to them. It wasn't just Ivan Putsky, but it was Ivan Putzky, the Polish Hammer, or uh, Baron Von Rasky, the claw. You know, he'd put the claw on people. And then later on in the 70s, you had people like Andre the Giant and uh, oh, oh, some of the other guys. I can't even think of some of their names now, the big wrestlers. But. We'd like to watch that and you'd watch these grapplers, you know, engage with each other and there was a lot of trash talk and back and forth about who was the best and how they were going to put the claw on this one or give somebody the Polish hammer, you know, or whatever they were going to do. Anyway, anyway, wrestling is an old sport and there's pictures, tiles and mosaics from the 2,500 years ago of the Romans and the Greeks. Wrestling, you know, and and uh, it's even recorded in the Bible. Wrestling is, and that's what I want to talk about today. If you've been following along in the uh, the uh, soap plan of Bible reading, if you've been engaging in that with the church, if you're new here today, you can ask for a copy of that. But it, it keeps it. We all read the same chapter every day if you've been reading that lately, you would have read within the last few weeks about someone who wrestled. And they wrestled with God. And uh, that's what we're gonna talk about today, is wrestling with God. And uh, what that looks like and why we do that. So I'm gonna tell you a story then about the guy that we're talking about, and that's his name is Jacob. And Jacob was a guy that if you read his story, how many have been following along in the reading plan in the last, okay, so a few people, some, quite a few, quite a few. Okay, so if you know the story of Jacob, he should have had a wrestling name and and I would have named him Jake the Snake because he was not a nice guy. I mean, he was a character, he really was. If you read the story real carefully, you find out why he should be called Jake the Snake. Um, I don't know what kind of wrestling move he would have put on people, but, but uh, Jake the snake would have been the right name. But the reason why I give him that name is because he was always cheating somebody. He was always in the process of trying to gain the advantage over somebody. And sometimes that was at the encouragement of his family. Uh, one of the stories I want to point out is uh, his brother whose name was Esau had been out hunting and had came in from the fields, and Jacob um, liked to stay close to home. He was kind of a mama's boy, and it says even in the Bible that his mom liked him the best, and dad liked Esau the best. Esau was the hunter. He was the the hairy guy. It actually says that. He He was covered with hair, and he was a hunter, and his dad liked the game that he would bring in. And uh, Jacob was the guy who liked to stay close to the tents and just kind of hang out. And uh, he was cooking one day, and he'd cook up this stew. His brother comes in, and he says, hey, give me some of that stew. And Jacob, he says, um, OK, but you have the right of the firstborn since you were born first. In those days, you didn't necessarily divide things up evenly among your kids. You'd give the firstborn the advantage. You'd give them the most. And so Jacob, he says, give me the right of the firstborn. Esau said, I'm hungry, so dad's not going to die for a long time, so what, what good is it to have the right of the firstborn? So he says, okay, you can have it, whatever. And so Jacob took that away from his brother. Now you might think, well, Esau gave it up willingly, but what kind of brother puts his brother in a headlock and says, give me the right of the firstborn because you're hungry. What kind of brother does that? I wouldn't do that to my brother. I hope you don't do that to yours. But that's what Jacob did. And then it came time when his dad did get old and close to death. Their dad's name was Isaac. That uh, Jacob, um, he maybe had the right of the firstborn, but his mom said to him, your brother has been sent by your dad out into the Fields to hunt and he wants him to fix him some game because he's going to give him his blessing and I want you to get the blessing and Jacob says my brother's a hairy guy. My dad is blind I know that but he's gonna if I get close to him He's gonna reach out and grab my arm. He's gonna say this isn't this isn't Esau and his mom says don't worry I got this figured out. You might wonder why his mom was doing this and I honestly can't say the Bible doesn't say why she did this but this is what she did. She says, look, you go out and kill a couple of goats, take the skins off the goats, wrap them around your arms, and your dad will think it's your brother, and then we'll dress you in some of your brother's clothes and because then you'll smell like your brother. And he's like, I don't even sound like my brother. And his mom says, don't worry, don't worry. Your dad's blind. He's not going to be able to figure it out. So that's what they do. And sure enough, Jacob does exactly what his mom says, and he goes into his dad, and he says, Dad, I went out and hunted like you said, and here I am. And his dad, remember he's blind, he can't see him, he goes, you don't sound like Esau. He says, come closer. And he was wearing his brother's clothes, remember, and he'd put the the hairy arms on, the costume, and he gets close, and his dad reaches out and grabs him, and it's like, oh, it is Esau. Okay, okay, well, you don't sound like Esau, The Bible doesn't say what he said, but he maybe was like, well, I was shouting a lot today, so I I sound like my my brother or something, who knows? But anyway, so Esau, or not Esau, Jacob, pretending to be Esau, gets close to his dad, gives him the, the goats that his mom had fixed in a stew, and basically told his dad, this is what I hunted for. He hadn't done any of that, but his dad, he gives him this blessing. Well, then Jacob comes home and he goes into his dad and he says, dad, I brought the, the game you asked me to go out and hunt. And Isaac was like, uh, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, I'm here for the blessing. And his, bro- his dad goes, no, I already gave the blessing. They figure out what happens. Isaac finds out that he gave the blessing to the wrong kid. Esau's furious. In fact, he's so mad, he's stomping around the campgrounds where they live in these tents, and he goes, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. That little twerp, he tricked me out of the birthright, now he's tricked me out of the blessing, and I'm going to kill him. The parents didn't want murder to happen in the household. So they sent Jacob on this journey to go stay with family, and... Basically said, go live with your family. Go live with the family for a while. You'll be a long ways from Esau. Till he cools down, then you can come back. Well, I'm gonna shorten this story because this story takes a long time. You really gotta read this if you haven't. It's in the book of Genesis. Uh, Start when reading about Abraham. I can't remember what chapter it is, but it's about chapter 25, maybe. But start there. That's that's Jacob's grandpa is Abraham. So anyway, Jacob flees, and I'm gonna shorten the story up. So He goes, and he gets a wife, and he gets another wife, and he gets another wife, and he gets another wife. No, he's not divorced. He's married all four of them all at once. They were allowed to do that then. Anyway, he has a lot of kids, and his father-in-law is not such a nice guy either, and and Jacob really deserves this. I mean, because he's been snaky to his family, so he's got people being snaky to him. And so his father-in-law keeps changing his wages. He keeps saying, well, do this, and I'll give you that. And well, then he does that, and then his father-in-law says, okay, but this is really what I'm giving you. And it kept flipping back and forth. And the Bible actually says that he got his salary, his wages changed with his father-in-law 10 different times. But in spite of that, God was still blessing Jacob. He was still giving him a blessing. In spite of all this stuff happening, he was still blessed until he was. he had more animals and more servants and a bigger operation than his father-in-law had even though he had started he came there with nothing and Now his father-in-law was starting to get a little worried because he's like gosh my son-in-law Is getting bigger than me? He's got this big operation and he's gonna dwarf me and and the rest of the kids and He's gonna take over well Jacob kind of knows that something's going on And he consults with his wives and he says, look, God has told me we got to go home. And they're like, doesn't your brother hate you? And he's like, yeah, but we'll figure it out. And so they set out on their own. Well, then when his father-in-law finds out what's going on, he chases after him. And he brings, you know, the rest of the family and they're going to overtake him. And Jacob is like, "Uh, okay, this isn't going to be good. So the father-in-law catches up with him. They meet, and they basically work it out. They set a boundary between each other. And basically, Jacob says to his father-in-law, Okay, you won't pass this point, this line. I'm going to go this way. And you won't cross the line going this way. And I won't cross the line going that way. Because we know that we don't get along anymore. And we can't trust each other. So we'll just separate. And so that's what they did. And so... Anyway, they keep Jacob and his family. This is his whole clan now. He's got four wives, 12 boys, daughter. Well, not 12 boys yet, but he's got like, I don't know, 10 kids or something like that, whatever. got a lot of kids. Big family, big operation, a lot of animals. And so he's heading back towards home. And he knows his brother's there. But he's thinking, this is like 10 years later, you know, 15 years later, whatever it is. So... Surely he's cooled off by now. So he's headed that way and towards home. And he's probably thinking too, well, surely dad is still alive, you know. So maybe uh, dad will say, Esau, I'll knock it off. You're, this is over with, you know. You're doing well. Your brother's doing well. Let's just get along. Let's just be family. So anyway, he's headed towards home. And he, sets, he sends some people out, some of his his people that he has in his group, some of his servants, and he says, go, 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 see, uh, go see what Esau, what he's doing before we get there, because, you know, he's got all of his livestock, and they have to walk, you know, they don't have trucks or trains or anything, so they have to walk these animals, so it's a slow trip, so he says, you guys go ahead, find out what the temperament of my brother is, and this is where the story gets interesting, Servants come back, and they tell Jacob, "Uh, yeah, your brother, he's actually on his way to meet you. And Jacob's going, oh, okay, cool. And he goes, the servants go, "Uh, not exactly cool, because he's got 400 guys with him. He's got an army. Jacob's going like, okay, this isn't good. I can't go back because we set this boundary line, so I can't go back. And it doesn't sound like going forward is a good idea either. What do I do? Well, Jacob did something that he often did in life when he got in trouble. And you can go back and read this in in the reading in Genesis. He called on God. He did the smart thing. This is the only time when Jacob is ever smart is when he calls on God. Because usually he's trying to figure all this stuff out and how he's going to get ahead and he's going to beat the next guy and how he's going to cheat this one and cheat that one. But he realizes he's in trouble. So he calls on God. This is where I'm going to read in the story. Well, I do want to tell you something. <laughs> this is some of the snakiness of, of Jake, Jake the Snake, first of all. Then we'll get to this. So what he does, though, before he, he calls on God, he, he divides his family up. This is real important to the story. He divides his family up, and he says, okay, this wife and these kids go that way. This wife and these kids go that way different directions, because he said, you know, if we meet up with Jay, or with Esau and he decides to kill us all, maybe some of us will at least get away. And Jacob was planning on being the one that got away because he stayed behind. He didn't even walk in front. Okay, now that, it's going to change. The story's going to change, so trust me on this. But he was staying behind, and he said, you guys go that way, you guys go that way, and, and you wait for me. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing until I tell you to go forward, but you, you, we're going to split up and we're gonna to go to a couple different camps so that maybe one of us will get away. And I knew Jacob, what he was gonna do, Jake the snake was gonna do, is he was gonna to go to the, with the camp that he realized wasn't being attacked. That's what his plan was. So anyway, he sends them out, but he says, don't go any farther until I tell you to. And then he also sent some gifts ahead to Esau. He sent some of his livestock and some, some of the things he had, some of his possessions. And he told the the groups that were going ahead, tell my brother that these are for you and Jacob is coming, he's coming. Seems like a good plan. So this is where it picks up now. This is where it gets fun. This is in Genesis chapter 32. We're gonna start in verse 22. So the same night Jacob got up and he took his two wives his two female servants, who were also his wives actually, and his 11 children, and they crossed the river. He took them and he sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. But Jacob stayed behind and now it's nighttime. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now, I'm trying to get a picture on this because like I said, I watched wrestling when I was a kid, growing up. And I'm thinking, Jacob got this guy in a scissor hold is what he did, you know, with his legs. He got him with the scissor hold. If you've watched wrestling, you know what I'm talking about. It wouldn't have been pleasant and you're probably asking, who was this guy that he's wrestling with? That's who I ask. Well, later on, Jacob says who it is. It was God. He was wrestling with God, but he got God in a head, in the scissor hold, or a headlock, or something. You know, he got him pinned down, and so God twisted his leg out of joint. Anyone ever had their leg twisted out of joint? Painful, right? Yeah, painful. But he doesn't let go. This is the interesting thing. Jacob doesn't give up, he doesn't quit. He doesn't say, ah, I guess God doesn't like me. No, he keeps wrestling with him. He won't let him go. And so, this is interesting what it says. He goes, when the man saw, or when God saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, and you're probably thinking, how can God not prevail against Jacob? Well, God can do what he wants, okay? He's God. But God wrestled the hip socket, and and Jacob's hip was pulled out of joint as he wrestled with him, and he said, God says, let me go for it's morning. And Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. And God says, what is your name? And Jacob says, Jacob. Jacob. And God says, your name will no longer be called Jacob. But we're going to call you Israel because you have striven with God. You have wrestled with God and with men, and you've prevailed. God just says, you beat me, Jacob. You beat me. Does this mess with anyone's theology besides mine? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But we're learning something here. And then Jacob does the smart thing, and he says, tell me your name. And God says, why is, why is it that you ask my name? But God blessed him, gave him the blessing. So Jacob called the name of the place, and Peniel, I guess that's how he said. it. He says, for I've seen God face to face, and yet God did not kill me, God spared me. It's interesting, interesting story. We have Jacob here who wrestles with God and God says, you beat me, you, you won. You get what you want, you get what you want. And I think about that because I think, how do you wrestle with God and beat God? How, you can't. How, that doesn't make any sense. Well, what I see going on in this story is God was doing a couple of things, I think. One is the man that Jacob was wrestling with, not God, but it says God says you've prevailed against God and with man, and you've won. The man that I think Jacob was wrestling with was himself. He's been wrestling with God, we discover who we are. We find out about ourselves. We find out about what's going on in our life and why my life is so messed up and how I'm contributing to that. That I know, I understand, because I have done that. I have done that, and I'm willing to bet that we all have done that, and that in that process of wrestling with God, we find out who we are, and we find out who God is. That's what's going on. God could have beat Jacob if he would have wanted to. He didn't want to. He wanted Jacob to learn something. He wanted Jacob to find out who God was, because in this process of wrestling for the blessing, in this process, Jacob gets this blessing that goes with him for the rest of his life. Now I'm going to be honest with you, if you read the rest of the story, Jacob's life did not get better. It got worse. A lot of stuff happened. He had a kid that he thought was killed by wild animals. How, how would that affect you? That would, that would be a terrible effect upon you. He had a kid he thought was killed by wild animals. Later on, he finds out it was really his other kids who took his clothes off, dipped them in animal blood, gave them to his dad and said, hey, is this your son's clothes? Because they didn't like one of the boys. They didn't, there, there was a fight there. You have to, you have to read it. I'm not going to tell the story, but you have to go back and read it. His boys were... Terrible boys, Jacob's boys, his sons, they, were, they usually got in terrible trouble. They did things that, that got Jacob in trouble. It just wasn't a good situation. They ended up in the land where they were supposed to be, and then they, they nearly starved to death. It got so bad that Jacob finally said to his boys, He says, Don't stand around here staring at each other. Go down to Egypt and buy us some food. They were hungry. Um, at the end of his life, Jacob stood before the king of Egypt, before the Pharaoh. And it's a long story. I'm not going to go into it. And you're like, boy, he's skipping a lot of details. Yes, I am. If this story were made into a movie, you probably wouldn't let your kids watch it. I'll just tell you that. I wouldn't let mine watch it, even though they're in their 30s. I still wouldn't let them watch it. (laughs) So anyway. Jacob stands before the Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, how old are you? And Jacob kind of tells him, he says, well, I'm not as old as the rest of my ancestors got to be, but this is how old I am. And he says, "Uh, and my life has not been nearly as long as I'd like, but it's been full of a lot of trouble. I've had nothing but problems my whole life. It's an interesting answer to give to the king of Egypt, I think. And you'll have to find out how he ended up there in front of the king of Egypt, because I'm not gonna spoil that story but you, you can find out. But I that's interesting because he, he doesn't say that my life is good, but at the end of his life, the very end of his life, and this is even recorded in the New Testament, but he blessed all of his sons and he says, this is what you're going to do and this is what you're going to do and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. But it says in the New Testament, um, in Hebrews, it says that At the end of his life, he blessed, he blessed the sons, he blessed his family, and it says he leaned on his staff, which I think is important to the story, because it says he leaned on his staff, I think his hip was still messed up. You see, he couldn't run anymore, that's what God did for Jacob. He didn't let him run anymore, because that was his solution to all of his problems, was to run, to keep going, to keep, you know, running away from trouble, and God made him finally face the trouble. That's what the wrestling was about, facing the trouble. But it says he leaned on his staff and he worshiped God. He worshiped God, he blessed God at the end of his life. So you know that at the end of his life, he got it right. He did get it right. And he's considered one of the founders of our faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's who we're talking about here. So, why is that important? Because I look at Jacob's life, I look at Jake the snake, And I go, if he can do all this stuff, if he can be this snaky of a guy, if he can be this kind of person and get the blessing of God, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. It should give you hope. It gives me hope for you because I guarantee some of the things that Jacob had going on in his life, and I'm not going to tell him because I don't want to tell an X-rated story here, But some of the things that Jacob did, I guarantee none of you have done. You'd be in jail or worse. So that gives me hope for all of us. So I wanna look at a couple things. I wanna look at this blessing a little bit. I guess what I wanna do is is I wanna tell another story. This story kind of explains it again only in the New Testament. It's not about Jacob. We'll come back to Jacob pretty soon. Um, But what it's about, it's a a story in the Gospels. It's told in two different places in Matthew 15 and Mark chapter 7, I think. I believe it's Mark chapter 7. Anyway, it's an interesting story. Jesus was out ministering, he was doing ministry, and this, this lady who was not a Jew, she wasn't Jewish, she wasn't part of the tribes of Israel, she was just some lady from one of the neighboring nations. Maybe she lived in, in the area, the Bible doesn't say, it doesn't matter. But she's apparently seen some miracles that Jesus did. She's been a witness to some of the things that, that Jesus has done, and so she knows that Jesus can connect to God and get an answer, that he can get healing and deliverance, and he can do all these things. He knows that, she, she knows that. So she decides to go after Jesus, because she had a problem. She had a little daughter, it says, and the little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit. And so she came up behind Jesus and she says, "'Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. "'My daughter is tormented by a demon.' but Jesus ignores her. This is God. He ignores the lady. He doesn't answer her. Doesn't give her what she wants. But she keeps shouting. She doesn't quit. She's annoying. She annoys God. She annoys the disciples. So the disciples came, and it says that they urged Jesus, and they said, look, send her away. Tell her to get lost. If you're not going to do anything for her, then just get rid of her. Because she keeps shouting after her. She's a nuisance. So Jesus, does he give her what she wants? No. He says, and he says this so she can hear it. He says, look, I was only sent to help the lost sheep of Israel. I'm only sent to help the Jews. I'm only sent to help the children of God. I'm not sent to help anybody else. So the little lady, she walks away and goes home sorrowfully. No, that's not what happened she shouts even louder. She doesn't quit. She comes up right behind Jesus, and she says, she gets down on her knees, and she says, Lord, help me. God, help me. So Jesus, he helps her, right? No. This is, I love this. You say, you love God not helping people? Yeah, I do, I love the way this happens. Jesus says something that is very offensive, I think. I think it is, you can decide for yourself, but he says, look, I'm only sent to help the children of Israel, that's what God, that's what my mission is, you're gonna have to just leave, it's not right to take the bread of the children, meaning the children of Israel, it's not right to take their food and throw it to the dogs and so the little lady she walked away sorrowfully because she didn't get what she wanted. No, that's not what happened. She doesn't quit. She is not going away till she gets what she wants. She's just like Jacob wrestling with God and God yanks your leg out of joint and Jacob's like no I am not letting go till I get the blessing. I am not letting go till I get the blessing. That's what this little lady does because she answers Jesus after Jesus basically said, You're just a dog eating the crumbs, or, you know, I'm not going to take the bread and throw it to the dogs. The lady says, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord Jesus. But remember, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table, from the master's table. That's what she does. She does not quit. She will not leave God alone until she gets the answer. That's what I love about this. She's just like Jacob. She wrestles with God for the blessing. And God's basically saying, nope, nope, can't have it, can't have it. Okay, you can have it. Why? Because she wouldn't quit. And so Jesus says to her, woman, your faith is big time. It's huge. Let it be done for you. Just what you want. Whatever it is you want, you got it. And so she lets God alone. She goes because she got what she wanted. Now you're probably saying, should I be taking this attitude towards God? I think the answer is yes. We pray, we wrestle with God. In that process, we find out what we're made of, what God's making us into, and we find out who God is in that process. Now you're probably thinking, but what if I do this and the person I'm praying for dies? Well, I'll tell you a little story. You're gonna have to go back and read this, but David had the same thing happen. Because remember the story of David and Bathsheba? He committed adultery with Bathsheba. They had a child together. Everything was going pretty good. And and I'm leaving out a lot of details, leaving out a lot of details. But then the child gets sick, so David starts praying and praying and praying. In fact, it says that he basically lays down in the dust, and he's praying, crying out to God, God, do not take the child, do not take the child. David wasn't going to let go of God. And the child dies. Everybody was afraid to tell David because David was deeply, deeply, deeply distraught by this whole thing, as you would be but the child dies. He doesn't get the answer that he was wanting. You know what, I don't know why God didn't. That's between God and, and David. But, this is interesting. It says what David does is he gets up, changes his clothes, takes a bath, dresses up, and worships God. That's what he does he worships God, just like Jacob who gets the blessing and then at the end of his life, it says he leaned on his staff and he worships God, even though things did not go well all the time. In fact, most of the time they went wrong. The question for me today, and I think for all of us is, as we ask ourselves, yes, I am gonna wrestle with God for the blessing, but just like what Job said, even if God slays me, I am still going to serve him. That's the attitude we're looking for when we come to God, is that no matter what God does, no matter what God decides, no matter how our lives end up, I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to bless God, and he's going to bless me, and I'm going to continue to wrestle with him for the blessing. And I am going to continue to receive his grace. I'm going to continue to grow in Jesus I'm gonna continue and I am gonna worship God. We sang that song about the blessing. That song means a lot to me. That song got really popular during uh, last year during the whole COVID thing when the world shut down. And if you have YouTube, I, I would listen to that over and over again. And I was really blessed, not just by the song, but by the fact that all over the world, you could, you could look in, in countries that you think are all Muslim countries, and there were people singing it in Arabic. In Mexico, they were singing it in Spanish. And in the countries where my family came from, in, in Ireland and Scotland, they were singing it in their churches over there. The song spread all over the world. Such a blessing to know that people weren't saying, where's God, where's God? They were saying, bless God, bless God. That's what we're driving for. That's when we wrestle with God, what we're trying to have is that attitude. Were there people who died from COVID? I'm sure there were wonderful, wonderful people who passed away from COVID. Were there people who just didn't recover or maybe still are struggling? Of course there are. But a lot of those people are still saying bless God. Why? Because having the presence of God in your life is worth more than anything else you can have. You see, Jacob's life got worse, I I I talked about that, his life got worse, but he kept going after the blessing. He kept asking God for the blessing, he did not quit. He did not quit because Jacob. what Jacob knew, the secret that Jacob knew was that having the blessing, having the presence of God in your life is worth more than anything else you can get. It's worth more than anything else you can get. So, we can go through sickness. We can go through financial problems. We can lose a fortune and still bless God. Job experienced that. That's what the story of Job is about. One of the things it's about. He loses everything, family, money, health. He loses all the big three. Those are the big three in everybody's life. Money, health, and family. Those are, those are the big ones, relationships, and he lost them all. And yet, when the council around him was saying, basically, you must have done something really bad, Job, or his wife even said, why don't you just curse God and die? Get it over with. He said, no, even if God kills me, I am gonna continue to bless him with a praise on my lips because the presence of God in my life is worth more than having everything that I want in life. So this message probably seems kind of contradictory to you, does it, a little bit? Because like on one hand, I'm saying, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, go after and get what you want. That is true, and yet at the same time, it's true that what God wants is for us to be willing to go with God the distance, even if... God finally says, no, this is the way we're going. And I trust him because I know that God is gonna take me in a direction that's gonna be right because I trust him in that. I trust him in that. I'm willing to do that. Um, the message is not contradictory. We're just going into the deeper things of God. That's all we're doing. And I, I, If this really messes with your theology, I'm willing to be, (laughs) you can come and argue with me. I don't care. (laughs) Happy to do that. But the point is, is not to quit, to not quit. The problem in life is never with people. It's never with people. It's never with God. The problems in life that we have are just problems. They're just the things that happen in life. They're going to happen whether you're walking with God or not walking with God. Sickness comes, financial issues come, relationship problems happen for everybody. That's just life. The question is, is are we gonna go with the presence of God in life? That's the question that we have to answer, is are we gonna contend for the presence of God? Because you know what? When Jacob was wrestling God, When he was wrestling with God and God yanks his leg out of joint and he wouldn't let him go, do you know why? It's because he was in the presence of God. That's why, yes he wanted the blessing because he knew the blessing came from God but he was in the presence of God. The little lady, she wouldn't leave until Jesus finally says, okay, okay, you get what you want, you get what you want, you can go home now, be with your daughter. She was in the presence of God. Jesus was right there. She was in the presence of God, and that's what God wants for us, is to be in relationship with him, to be in his presence. It's not necessarily going to look like it did with Jacob, but it might. It could. It's not necessarily going to look like it did with this this little lady that uh, went to Jesus and says, heal my daughter. But it might look that way. It could. The question is, is that are we going to stay in the presence of God? I do want to look at a couple more things. This is a verse in uh, Romans chapter 8. It says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. Now David loved God. According to this scripture, what happened in David's life, it was still working out together for good. And you know the interesting thing is, is David says at the end, he says, The child is not going to come back. I know he's gone, but I will go to him. I will go to him. Basically, what he's saying is this isn't over yet. This is not over. The child is gone, but I will go to the child. David knew he was going to die, and he knew that he would stand before God and that he would be reunited with that child. You see, that's the confidence we have in Jesus Christ is that we will all the things that we've trusted God for, all the things that we've believed, we know, we can know that God is able and will, in fact, make it all come together in the end. There's a Bible verse that says, I know who I've believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. The things that I've committed to God, God's going to do them. It may not look the way we, we want But he will do them. He will do those things. So when I find promises in the Bible, I hang on to them. Even when it looks like the ship is sinking, if there's a promise that I'm hanging on to, I'm like, you know what? I may sink with this ship, but I will not leave the presence of God. I will not curse God and die. I will continue to bless God even if the ship is sinking around me. I've been through some financial things and there was a point where I thought, you know what? If my financial problems right now at this given point in time were a ship in the ocean and we passed by the Titanic, I would jump off and get on the Titanic. Some of you can say that about health problems you've been through or a relationship problems same thing same thing you'd say yeah I'd get on the Titanic yeah what does the word of god says it says we know that for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose for those who god knows he predestines us to be conformed to the image of his son that's jesus why is that important Because the blessing that we seek, another word for that is the grace of God, if you're seeking the grace of God in your life, the blessings of God, or to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, to be pressed into that image of Christ, that is getting that blessing. Because see, things didn't always go well in Jesus' life either. We might think they did, but they didn't. Well, you're going to have to just read this on your own. I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep going, but uh, just mark this down. Read the whole chapter of Romans chapter 8. But it says that basically God did not spare Jesus. He didn't spare Jesus. Jesus still had to go to the cross. Jesus still got betrayed by friends. Jesus still had things happen to him that weren't pleasant. But Jesus did not deviate from the plan of God in his life. He kept going on. He didn't quit. So what are some questions that that I ask? One of the questions in reading these stories, the thing I ask is, is the blessing the absence of trouble or pain or torment? No. It's the presence of God. That's what the blessing is. If I know that God is with me, I can go through anything. That should give us hope. If the presence of God is with me, if we're willing to say, I will not go without you, God, if we're willing to do that, we can go through anything, anything, anything. That's, that's the place I wanna live in. Because I tell you what, you ever read these stories about like people in the different wars and how, th- one of my favorite stories is there was a guy from Scotland that during World War II, wearing a kilt, because he's Scottish, playing the bagpipes. He was marching up and down the beach. Didn't even have a gun on. All the other Scots and the, and the British and the Americans were around him shooting at the Germans. The Germans were trying to shoot him because they realized that something was going on by that guy playing the bagpipe, marching up and down the beach. They couldn't hit him because he wouldn't quit. He didn't quit. God's hand was on him for whatever reason, you know. And and that's the kind of person I want to be. Conform to that image of Christ. One who doesn't quit, no matter what. One who doesn't give up. Because if I don't give up on myself, and I don't give up on God, then I won't give up on any of you. I'm not afraid to pray for anything. I I love being on the prayer team because people bring up hard stuff, Sometimes easier things, but I'm not afraid to ask God for anything. Why? Because I know what God has done in my life, and I know what he'll do in your life. That's what I know. That's what I'm confident about. So I'm not afraid to ask God for anything. I want to be like, like Jake the snake. I want to be like this lady who, would, who wouldn't take no for an answer. That's what I want to be like. I'll wrestle with God for myself, for my family, and for you. That's what I'll do. The, the beautiful thing is, is I'm surrounded by a group of people who think the same way. Th- that's the beautiful thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this down. It's probably time I'm thinking, you know. <laughs> you got to get the blessing in order to give the blessing. You have to get the blessing in order to give the blessing. Robin has gotten the blessing. That's why he can give the blessing. If you wrestle with God, then God will change you. You'll find out who God is. You'll find out who you are. But you may not never walk the same. You might be like Jacob, and you will not walk the same. You may not look the same, but that's a good thing. That is a good thing. And Jacob got a new name. He got a new identity. God gave him that new identity because... He didn't quit with God. He had always been trying to elude things and make things work out his own way, but in the end, God got a hold of him. Jacob wouldn't let God go because he realized he had the presence of God and he wouldn't let it go. So, um, you might ask, how do I get the blessing in my life? And that's really another sermon, but I'll just say this, you seek it. You seek it through the word of God You seek it through prayer. You seek it through circumstances. When something happens to you in your life, it doesn't matter if it's negative or positive. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. What you look for in those circumstances is you look for the presence of God. You look for Jesus in those moments. This is what I can promise you, and I can promise you from experience and from the scriptures. If you do continue to seek God and seek His presence, seek His wisdom and His counsel, if you continue to do that, you will see the hand of God in your life. You will see the hand of God in your life. You will see things that some people would call miracles. You will see those things happen. When you know that no one could answer you in the way that you got answered, except God, you will see his hand. But you have to be willing to wrestle with him. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to keep going. You don't want to quit. Um, If you don't know what to do at the end of the day, there's only one thing worse than having a problem. There's only one thing worse than having a problem. And that's not asking for help that's not asking for help we're gonna have the prayer team come up in a few minutes a few seconds again we like to have our prayer area always open we have prayer on Wednesday night we have pastors 4 pastors in this church five pastors six pastors I don't know <laughs> whatever we got we got a lot We have elders, you can always seek people out. There's always somebody to seek out. There's the word of God. We have good counsel here. I would rather be here than anywhere else on earth. Yeah, I can say that. I'd rather be here in the presence of God, in the house of God, with God's people, always. Um. There's a lot of directions we could go with this, but I think I've said enough, right? (laughs) Lord, we come before you this day, and we just thank you, Lord, that you promise to go with us, that you do not abandon us, that you do not forsake us, that you don't give up on us, We thank you, Lord, that we can always seek your face. We can seek your presence, and we can walk in your will, and we can continue to be conformed, to be pressed into, to be molded into the image of Jesus. Lord, we just come this day, and we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We just thank you this day and that you encourage us and that you desire for us to grow with you and to enter into your kingdom in every single way in our life. There's not anything that you're not concerned with in our lives. We just thank you and we glorify your name, Lord God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.